Welcome to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. Thanks for allowing us to share this time with you. Honestly, it's our favorite time of the day where we get to hang out together and talk about how the truth of God's Word can make a huge difference in your life. And that's what we're going to hear from Richard in a way that only he can do with words of hope, insight, and humor. You may be stuck in traffic or stuck in life. Either way, today's message is going to help get you on the right track as you learn how much God loves you right where you are. So let's get right into today's talk. Here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's message is, No, I Don't Feel Better. So I have a friend who uh, had a slight stroke and went down to see him in the hospital. He looked like he was going to be okay. And the doctor told him that if he didn't stop smoking and drinking, he was going to die. And so he stopped smoking and drinking. That's what it took. So he was at a family gathering with his brother-in-law, and his brother-in-law came up, kind of excited, I think, and said, hey, you know, I heard about your stroke, and I heard that you quit smoking, you quit drinking. I bet you feel so much better. He said, no, I don't feel better. And he said, well, why would he say that? Because he probably doesn't feel better. And he said, well, what do you mean by that? That seems like it would be a good thing. Now, listen really close, because this is where we're going. If you decide to do the right thing, you are not going to feel better immediately. Now you say, well, I became a Christian. Okay. Well, I became a Christian and the person told me that I was going to live forever with Jesus. That's right. And the person told me that I was going to have this abundant life. That's true. But you're going to suffer. Now, why are you going to suffer? I made a horrible mistake the other day. I meet with a guy, a bunch of guys every week, meeting with this guy, and I had encouraged him to go to the doctor. He went to the doctor. And the doctor told him, you know, he shouldn't be eating this and drinking that. And I'm sitting there telling him, I'm reading him all the scriptures about you're the temple. And I'm telling him all this stuff. And the Holy Spirit, you know, I just hear the Holy Spirit inside of me going, okay, you know, like, yeah, so you're going to tell him all that, right? So what you going to do, big boy? And it started getting more anxious, more anxious, and I'm feeling it, and I'm feeling it. And I said, dude, I do not want to tell you what I'm about to tell you. But I said, look, for a week, I will drink no sweet tea, no soft drinks, and I'm regretting this while it's coming out of my mouth. <laughs> now, do I feel better? No, I don't feel better. I'm miserable. Why am I miserable? Because my system, my flesh, my body wants what it wants. Right? So when you became a Christian, you became a Christian inside this old man, this old woman, this person. And so, yes, you can live a victorious Christian life, but listen to me, you will not live that life without suffering by denying the flesh and doing what God wants you to do. You say, well, I want the easy way. There is no easy way because we all have appetites. You take somebody that just eats whatever they want to eat whenever they want to eat it, and then the Holy Spirit says, hey, you can't live that way anymore. And so now you go to eat something, and I had this conversation with this gentleman. I said, you know, you have lunch, and you're at somebody's house, and they say, how about a piece of pie? And you say, Lord, can I have a piece of pie? You can have a piece of pie. And the hostess says, would anybody like another piece of pie? And your hand starts to go up. And the Holy Spirit said, I didn't raise our hand, but I want another piece of pie. We don't need another piece of pie. You say, but I want one. Now, this is little bitty kid stuff. Little kids want what they want when they want it. They don't want to be denied anything. They don't like the word no. 
So what no one is telling you probably is that when you become a Christian, you didn't leave your body. You still have appetites. Sex, food, drugs, alcohol, lying, stealing, anger, whatever your deal is. And so if that's who you used to be, then the enemy will say, dude, that's how you get off. That's how you feel better. Let's scream at that person. Let's do whatever we want to do. And the Holy Spirit says, hey, what are we doing? And when you choose to follow Christ and submit to his authority, you are going to suffer. Turn to Luke 9. And, you know, maybe you're one of these people who say, well, I'm going to get in shape. Let me tell you something about getting in shape. Round is a shape. I am already in shape. Okay? So don't be talking to me about being in shape. You say, well, I heard you joined a gym and you've been working out for a couple of weeks. I bet you feel so much better. No, I don't feel better. I feel terrible. I'm aching. I'm miserable. I don't want to do this. I don't want to go to the gym. Or you're on a diet of some kind. Oh, you stopped eating all that sugar. I bet you feel, you know, no, you don't feel better. Stop thinking you're going to feel better telling you no. Now, eventually, and we'll get to that here in a minute, eventually it'll kick in. You'll go, wow, I do feel so much better. But you've got to be aware that there's going to be a period of time where you feel terrible. You say, but I'm still saved, right? Yeah, but you're saying no to the flesh. Luke 9, let's start in verse 16. Then he took the five loaves and two fish and looked up to heaven. He blessed and broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled. And 12 baskets of leftover fragments were taken up by them. And it happened as he was alone praying that his disciples joined him. And he asked them saying, who did this crowd say that I am? So they answered and said, John the Baptist. But some say Elijah and others say that one of the old prophets has risen again. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered and said to him, the Christ of God. And he strictly warned and commanded them to tell this to no one, which by the way, that's not the orders anymore. You tell everybody now saying this son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then he said to them all. Now, you know this is in the Bible, but what does this mean? He said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me. So let's assume you are thinking about becoming a Christian or you are a Christian and you say, well, I do want to follow Jesus. I would like to please him. I'd like to honor him. I'd like my life to glorify him. Then he said, okay, well, here's how you do it. If anyone desires to come after me, you want to follow me, let him deny himself. And that's where I'm out. You say, what do you mean you're out? I don't want to deny me. I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And this is all of our challenge. The first thing you say, well, I want to follow you. He says, okay, deny yourself. I'm out. But what if you made it past? Okay, I'm willing to deny myself. What's the next thing? and take up his cross daily and follow me. Now, people use this phrase, they'll say, well, my wife is sick, my husband's sick, you know, my job, whatever the thing, and that's my cross to bear. That is not what this means. A cross is an instrument of death. And so when you choose to follow him and deny yourself and take up your cross, what you're saying, Lord, is I am prepared to die to me to follow you. Now, I, you say, well, what if I just want to deny something, but I just want to keep it there in case I want to come back, right? I don't want to die to it or anything. Just I'll set it aside. It doesn't work that way. 
So you say, well, this sounds really hard. This sounds really intense. This sounds difficult. Getting saved, as it turns out, is very simple. Following Jesus is going to require some stepping up. Keep reading. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. So we're so busy protecting our little territory, our little pet sins. Now let's just think about it here in the room and beyond. What is it that you are willing to trade your entire life on? I'm not talking about your eternity, but as a Christian, I'm talking to Christians primarily now. You, if you have a secret pet sin and Jesus comes and says, okay, I want that. And you say, no, you cannot have this. This is the last thing I have and I will not deny myself this. Then by holding on to that thing, you will lose the only life you have down here. But if you lose your life for his sake, abandon everything to him, that's when you find it. You say, but I'm a follower of Jesus. Man, if you say you're a follower of Jesus, I'm telling you what comes after that is you are a person who has denied themselves, you have taken up your cross and you have followed him and you have lost your life but you found it. Galatians chapter five. Now, you say, well, you may even have this memorized. I think that's great. I just encourage you to apply all the things you've memorized. Galatians five seventeen. For the flesh, so when you read this in the Bible, it talks about the flesh. That is referring to your physical body, okay? That is what the flesh is, flesh. So this is your body, the flesh lusts against the spirit. My flesh does not want what the spirit wants. And the spirit against the flesh. These are totally on opposite ends of the spectrum. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. So in the flesh, without God controlling my life, my impulse, my natural inclination is to do whatever my flesh says do. I want sugar get me some sugar. I want caffeine. Let's say somebody feels like they drink too much caffeine. They're kind of addicted to caffeine. And, oh, I heard you quit drinking coffee. I bet you feel so much better. No, I don't feel better. I have a headache. It's miserable. Until you clear those hurdles, it's not going to be good. So your flesh is screaming for its appetites, for what it demands. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are, and he lists these things. This is where we end up in the flesh. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, okay, so the works of the flesh, then the fruit of the Spirit, with the Spirit's run in your life, what comes up? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such there is no law. And those who are Christ, look at this, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. And I don't say this lightly, but I've tried to say this along the way. Without Jesus, I would have self-destructed so long ago 
by myself, be very careful judging people. Oh, why is that person living that way? Why are you living that way with Jesus? And to not be aware that at any given moment, straight is the gate, narrow is the way, it is a narrow path, it drops off on both sides, you gotta stay on the path. Let him who stands take heed lest he fall. Be careful, be careful judging other people. Oh, I would never do that. You know what, I would do all of it, all of it. So if you're trying to live the Christian life apart from suffering, you're never gonna pull it off. So no, in the short term, if I do the right thing, no, I don't feel better, but in the long run, you have the fruit of the spirit that comes out in your life. You go, man, I'm so glad I didn't make that choice. Now, I don't want to stand up here and read you all these verses. I've done sermons about this, and here I'm doing another one. I personally, personally am fighting forward to the finish line. I plan to make it, but I am telling you, he comes for me every day. You say, who are you talking about? You thought I meant the devil. He comes for me too. Woos me to himself. So what are we going to do today? Because my book says, deny yourself, take up your cross daily. So you can't do it one time. So you wake up and you say, Lord, here we go again. He goes, yeah, here we go again, but I'm not just with you, I'm in you. And nothing that you're gonna face, you have to face by yourself. So if you decide to follow me, deny yourself, take up your cross, whatever comes, I got you. It's gonna be some suffering, but we're gonna get through this day and we're gonna lay our head on this pillow and go, wow, this is gonna be some sweet sleep because I trusted you, I followed you. There was some bumps in the road, but I didn't get all sideways. And you go to sleep and you wake up and you say, let's do it again, Lord. And again and again and again. And then one day you don't wake up. You wake up in heaven. And it's not a bunch of weird awkwardness. You just go, wow, so great to see you. It was a good run. Are you on a good run with him, not with the devil? First Peter 4. Now, I've read all these verses to get to this. 1 Peter 4, verse 1, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. So stop right there. If I said, I don't want you to raise your hand, I know for a fact there are people, we're in Texas, for anyone watching, we have open carry, we have concealed carry. There are people in this room who are carrying a weapon. They have armed themselves. For what purpose? Obviously, so far, not to do anybody any harm. And I don't know what your gun rights thing is. I'm not even on that. But they have armed themselves. That is their right. So they're ready if something happens. The scripture says to arm yourselves, not with a gun, but being prepared to suffer. Now read this again with me. Since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same mind. You have to be in the same mindset. And this word arm means to prepare oneself for a work, to arm oneself, take up arms, used metaphorically in a moral sense here. So you are prepared. 
So if I wake up and I have not armed myself with the same mind that Christ had in terms of suffering, it's not gonna go well because I'm not gonna suffer. He suffered for us in the flesh. Arm yourselves with the same mind, the same way of thinking, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Now, what does that mean? This is what I think this means. If you suffer in the flesh, it means you said no to sin, which means you stop sinning. So you say, well, how do I know if I've ceased from sin? Oh, you'll know because you have suffered in the flesh. Now, I need a show of hands on this one. How many of you know before the day is over, the specific temptation that the enemy is going to bring to you, you know exactly what it is, raise your hand. You know what he uses against you repeatedly. So if you know it's coming, arm yourself, be prepared. But what are you prepared to do? You're prepared to suffer. What has happened all the other times? The enemy comes, you go, oh my gosh, it's a lay down, you're a lay down. And he, he just keeps you all wound up. So if he comes at you again, you go, oh no, no, no. I'm packing. Get the heck out of here. I have submitted myself to God. I'm resisting you. My book says you got to flee. Get the heck out of here. Leave me alone. I have chosen to suffer in order to stop sinning. I'm not going to do this the rest of my life. You say, well, it can't be that easy. It's that simple. It's a choice. You say, but it's overwhelming. What I get hit with is overwhelming. So you're saying what you get hit with from the enemy, the temptation is greater than your capacity with God to say no. The scripture says that's not true. There is no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man and God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able, but will provide a way of escape and you'll be able to bear it. You got no verses for your little pity party. Oh, what was me? The devil made me do it. No, you chose to do it. The devil can't make you do anything. Arm yourselves with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. Okay, enough already. I want to live for God's will. And then he just flat out says in verse 3, enough time spent already. We have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles, doing all this stuff he lists there. Verse four, in regard to these, they think it's strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation speaking evil of you. There's your persecution. Just take one example. I'll pick on the guys. So you work, you work construction, you work wherever you work. And for years, all the guys go to strip clubs. Hey, dude, we're going to the strip club after work. You want to go? And you go, yeah, okay, okay, I'll go. And then one day, hey, dude, you going with us today? Free food. Free buffet. Oh, everybody goes for the buffet. And one time, it's going to cost you with them, you're going to suffer because if that's what you want to do and you're not doing it, and you say, you know what, guys? I think I'll pass today. Oh, what are you, better than us? What are you, old church now, holier than us? And here they come, boom, boom, boom. Now, sooner or later, you're not going to take it as much persecution. My daughter ended up having some passes at a NASCAR deal. I'm down at a NASCAR in the pits, and these guys that are on the pit crew, they're all talking. They had been in town, you know, and they don't know who I am, anything about me. And I said, well, what have you guys been doing while you've been in town? Oh, man, there's this great place called Tight Ends. <laughs> I'd never heard of that one. Um, pretty much a football theme, apparently. Um, and uh, they said, man, you ought to... You ought to go check it out. And I said, you know, that's probably not where my wife's going to want me to be. Right? 
Now you say, well, but what if they push back? Dude, you got to get over being pushed around. You don't have to be pushed around. They're going to, okay, so they say something. If you know who you are and what you're about, who cares what they say? You're going to do what you're going to do. Oh, and what do they literally say? What does it say here? They'll think it's strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. Okay. How can I end up in a place like that if I'm following Jesus, going wherever he's going? I say, Lord, okay, today I'm going to follow you. I'm going to die myself, take up my cross. I'm going to follow you. He goes, okay, let's go. And he looks behind him. He goes, dude, where'd you go? But his problem is he can't not go with me. So it's not where'd you go. It's like, where are we going? Like, this is not you following me. This is me stuck following you. Where are you taking me? Where are you taking my house? What are you putting in my house? What are you looking at with my eyes? What are you doing with my hands? Where are you going with my feet? What are you using these organs for? What are you giving yourself to that I have not given myself to? And then it starts the rational lies to rationalize the behavior. Well, Lord, you don't understand. I'm only human. How can you only be human when you've got me living in you? You're a new creation. Old things are passed away. Everything's new. You can't say you're only human. If you're only human, you're not a Christian. If you're a Christian, you're more than human. You have God himself living in you and the power to do what he expects you to do. You say, I can't. Well, now we're going to get somewhere. So you just follow him, deny yourself, die to it. Lord, I reckon myself dead to sin, alive unto God. I would say that most of the sinning that I do is just because I want to do it. Ain't no devil making me do anything. It's just premeditated, presumptuous. I actually had this conversation. I can't remember who told me this, but they told me about a guy who had a girlfriend and he was literally, this is how he was operating. He was sleeping with this girl and then he would say up front, well, yeah, I know I shouldn't be doing it, but I sleep with her and then I confess my sin and, you know, then I do it again and again and again. Man, I wouldn't be hitting that blood bank that hard. There's lots of blood there. It's some precious blood. You need to be talking to the donor about the use of his blood in regard to your sin and the abuse of sin. Before Richard comes back to wrap things up for us today, I'd like to share a couple important things with you. Let me encourage you to take a minute and check out our website, richardellistalks.com. You'll find today's talk right there in the talks page, along with all of Richard's messages. You can even forward them to a friend so they can hear them too. You'll also find the prayer wall to add your prayer requests, a link to connect with us, the contribute page for you to be able to give to this ministry, a radio station finder, all our social media links, and much more. So check it out, richardellistalks.com. And Richard's back now to wrap up today's talk. Go down to verse 12. We'll wrap it up. 1 Peter 4, go down to 12. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing has happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you. For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he's blasphemed, but on your part, he's glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. 
Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. So let's assume you're the person who says, well, I'm not going to do any of this. I reject what you're saying as truth, Jesus, God, all of it. You people are all nuts. I don't need it. I don't want it. And you drop dead and you end up in a real hell. And someone says, well, I bet you feel better now. The answer will be, no, I don't feel better because that's not where you're supposed to end up. And that's not where he intended for you to end up. As many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the children of God, the sons of God. And I highly recommend that. This has been Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. There's only one reason we do this program, to take the planet with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's our message and our mission. And you have a vital part of doing that along with us. If you've been encouraged by these talks with Richard, be sure to share with someone about the change they've made in your life. And we'd love to hear your story as to how the talks have made a difference to you. Give us a call. We'd love to talk with you. 855-6-RICHARD. You can also reach us through our website, richardellistalks.com. And while you're there, check out all the fun and informative pages we put together for you, richardellistalks.com. While you're there, be sure to click on the Contribute tab at the top to send your generous gift. If the program is making a difference to you, your gift will make a big difference to us. Until next time, thanks so much for listening to Richard Ellis Talks.